Welcome to the Calgary Real Estate Investing Podcast, all about real estate investing in the Calgary market. And now your host, Corey Peckford. Hey guys, on this episode, I was interviewed by Dave DeBow. He has the Property Profits Podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I'd recommend tuning in. It covers my backstory and how I was inspired to get involved in real estate, why I like working with real estate investors, and what some of my investment plans are. Dave is always looking for real estate investors to interview on his show. To find out more, please visit daveinterviewsyou.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, 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 folks, welcome back to another exciting episode. And today we're going to be interviewing a real estate investor, a rehabber, a podcaster, a guy who wears many hats in beautiful Calgary, Alberta. We've got Mr. Corey Peckford on the call. How are you doing today, Corey? Yeah, doing great. Yeah, I'm located in Calgary. I'm a realtor with Real Broker. And my focus is on working with real estate investors. That's kind of my niche. You know, it's not smoky here right now. The weather's been great. It felt like we got summer early. So just trying to make the best of it for sure. All right, Corey. So you're, you're a realtor, you're a real estate investor, you're a podcaster. I believe you've been involved in the construction side of things as well. What got you into real estate investing in the first place? You know, it was quite a few years ago, at least 20 years ago, me and my ex, we built a brand new build, Chestermere, just outside of Calgary. We had a starter home, locked in a price. It was before 2004. And we at the time, we felt like, oh, well, this is a lot of money, more than what we want to spend. And then we watched the market kind of go on fire. And at that property, I was an electrician. So, I, you know, I kind of had a trade. Mm-hmm. And so from that, kind of gave me the confidence to explore other areas, other trades and stuff and save some money and start putting sweat equity in the properties. That property, we I did the whole basement. I developed the basement, did the deck, the fence. I built a shed. It was kind of like my 101 of home renovation and you know sweat equity. So you became mini Mike Holmes yeah. very quickly. Got yeah, it. that's great. Yeah, there wasn't too much I didn't do on that property. Obviously, the upstairs was all done. But even actually, I remember when they, under construction, I walked in and the electrical, they just did a poor job of the electrical. So I'm like my lights and I, uh, you know, I've changed some of the runs and made it better. And because they just had like direct runs so tight and, you know, just electricians were just trying to cut, maybe just save some money. Right. So even probably wasn't supposed to do that, but I'm like, I'm a licensed electrician. I'll just make this better before they close it up. So I did that. And we made really good money on that property when we sold it. We were wishing we bought two because of course, 2020 hindsight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at the time it feels expensive. And then we see, we turn that over and put it into our next one. And I just continued on doing renovations, putting swag equity in my properties. and So were you flipping these or were you holding on to them? Unfortunately, I haven't done a lot of holding on. Like So at that time, I was in oil and gas. Our philosophy was, it's probably more scarcity, where the whole goal is to just pay off your mortgage as fast as you can, right? That was like right. sweat equity, pay off your mortgage, and live debt-free is kind of was our goal. And we did, like by early 30s, in an estate home, backing onto a ravine, fully paid for, with money in the bank. Had I had today's mindset philosophy, I would have leveraged, right? I would have been able to qualify for more mortgages, bought more properties. But I think it was like the fear mentality and our mindset and basically just debt is bad to get rid of it. And so- Well, you know what? Different strokes for different folks, Corey. Live and learn. Sounds like that's your ex-wife. So you you learned a lesson that, you know, not everything lasts forever. And chances are you you saw a big chunk of of that hard-earned equity Walk out the door with the. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, I've been there myself. By 100%. That's certainly like that. You know, I'm doing great. I've owned multiple properties, did live in rentals for them and always made equity. 
But that's partly like recovering from a divorce and like trying to get yourself financially kind of set again in yeah. a place takes some time, right? So it's definitely a, and then we've got two kids we share, that kind of thing too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah no. So what does real estate investing look like for you these days, Corey? What are you focused on yourself? What point did you get into the realtor business and why did you decide to do that? I don't know how long we want to go down that story, but <laughs> not too long. The, yeah, just that's all to super, super cold notes here. So I was in oil and gas for a lot of years, but did electrical trade. I did an instrumentation trade and on the side worked on houses. We're either helping friends wire them, do some rentals, that kind of thing. And it was just kind of a side thing to make some extra money, save money. And then I ended up downtown with a big pipeline company in a role that just I wasn't cut out for yeah. in the end. Then on top of that, I had a personal life crisis, one being the divorce. My mom passed away. My friend passed away the same week. And, and, and it seems all hit at the same time. It all came in the same time. Well, it all happened around the same time and it just reduced my ability to cope with a job that I didn't enjoy doing. Yeah. So during that process, I had bought my own place. So once our separation agreement was finalized, I bought an old bungalow and I had a, a home inspector inspect it and he didn't have a trade. I had two and I had worked at houses obviously for a long time. And so when he kind of walked me through and explained, I already had a great understanding and I noticed he didn't have great equipment and charged me $500 and basically kicked the tires well, and left. Yeah, yeah, I didn't tell and, you anything you didn't already know better than he did. Yeah, and then, and then he missed stuff too, which I know, I know they're only there for a limited time, but, you know, and so felt like, okay, here's an opportunity. Like, you know, I know what it's like when I was a tradesperson, I had a truck that I ran with all the tools and equipment. I, I always had the right stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I felt like I didn't like my job, what I was doing. And here's an opportunity. If I go take my home inspector license, start a company and go down that road. And that's what I did. I resigned started a company. Jeez, how long did that turnaround take you? Like from quitting or what did you do? You're, you're still working on the job that you hated. You're going through this yes. personal turmoil. You went, you got your licensing for becoming a home inspector. How long did that take you? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't right away. So I think it probably took about six months. I remember having to trade some shifts with my colleagues that I was working with. And I'm like, because the home inspector course landed on some shifts that I had, I was supposed to work. So I'm like, yeah. and I was off. actually what really made me kind of jump over the fence on it was there was a job that I was really interested in getting. I had shadowed a person downtown. I was perfect fit. All my previous experience was perfect for it. In the oil and gas. You're talking in oil and gas. Yeah. yeah. And then one of the managers showed up where I was at my desk one day and sat down and he says, oh, you know, he's basically saying, I'm not getting the job. He said, like, go get your hopes up basically. Right. And what they ended up doing was a young engineer. They just basically put them in there, didn't even post the job. And I was, and I'm like, okay, I, I can't do this. I need out and I need yep. a change and just booked the course, took it and then got with, because it does take, it is a bit of some hurdles in Alberta. One inspection, you have to be mentored and you have to go through some- Takes a while. Yeah, it takes Good. a little while. So, so it's, <laughs> it should, it should. That's I right. It does. Exactly. It took about six months of where I hung in there and then finally just couldn't do it anymore. And I resigned from my company job. Didn't really have anything booked for home inspections, but I'm like, I'm all in now. I, I can't go for, you know, I was, it's like burn the ships, right? So yeah. I, I was all in on it. And you know, I started getting work coming in and sort of feeling less stressed, you know, as I got more business coming in the door. So, uh, well, um, just sorry, jumping in here, Corey, I just find your story interesting. So just out of curiosity, you quit the job, you now had this new ticket, so to speak, but zero experience. How did you land those first three, four, five customers? So the actually, the first two were through friend referrals. So they knew a realtor and the okay. realtor you know, they said, oh, Corey's a home inspector or Corey's a tradesperson. Great guy. How, how about you try him out or something like that? And then yeah. so I, I had a couple of little coffees with them. 
And I don't think they realized how inexperienced I was. They just like, oh, he's an electrician. He works on homes. Okay, good. Right. Yeah. And then they kind of gave me the chance, right, to get it Perfect. going. And yeah, so it did require like some cold calling and stuff that I'm not super, like most people don't enjoy that. Like, you yeah. know, where you're, it's almost door knocking, right? Where you're trying to, you know, sell your services, right? So anyhow, you, you got off to start that way. And are you still doing the home inspection business or? or? No. So I did over a thousand home inspections. I got a, it's called a master certification. Once you can apply and get a master certification, it's a lifelong designation as a home inspector. Yep. And then I had one employee that I trained, I paid for his courses and he was a great guy. He was actually a, a, quite a craftsman, but just didn't have the grind to kind of, when I went switched over, that's right. I then, During that time too, I basically took my real estate license. So I'm a licensed home inspector and I kept that kind of hush hush because I didn't want realtors to stop sending me business as a home inspector. Right. right? So I, there was time, moments I felt stressed about it because I did some personal deals. I did a couple deals for some friends part-time. And I felt very stressed about trying to transition. Like I had this business that was making me money now and to move full-time into real estate, there was moments I definitely felt stressed. Like, no like, doubt. You know, yeah. like, cause now I'm doing another change. But the, the problem is like the great thing about a home inspection business is if you do a home inspection in the morning, generally you're paid that night, right? Or if it's in the afternoon, you always get paid virtually the same day. Whereas a realtor, the negatives are, mm. it, it's a long lead time. So I could work with a client for you know, a month, two months, and then that deal may not still, close. Still no guarantees. Yeah, yeah. And you may not get a deal closed. And if you do, maybe that's another 60 days out. And then your brokerage takes another, say, 30 days to pay you sometimes. So then, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, there's like, could be a five to six month leg, right? So you need a buffer. Like I didn't have a partner to lean on financially, even when I started my home inspection company, but I knew if I hustled and got a job this morning, I'd get paid tonight. Yeah. And I didn't have that leg time. So because I did two Red Seal trades and I felt like this was my third trade that I completed. But it was different because I didn't have the people, like when you do a regular trade program, you always have a journeyman that you lean on and, and they, right. right? So so you're doing something, you ask them questions and they help, you know, move you along, right? But in this case, it was a lot because I didn't go work for a company. I started my own. There was definitely, there was times I did make mistakes and, you know, I missed something and then I have to pay money for something, you know, mm -hmm. for that error, right? So because yeah. I'm not perfect either, right? I'm trying my best to find everything. And, and so, maybe, so out of curiosity, why did you decide, you know, you, you got a pretty successful business going there with the home inspections. Why did you decide to get your realtor license on top of that? That was my plan. Like I did want to become a realtor, but I felt like because of that long leg time, that there was no way for me to just leave oil and gas and become a realtor. Got and, it. You needed to put bacon on the table, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had to have some money coming in and capital and pay my bills, keep the lights on kind of thing. Right. Before I could go it. to become a realtor. So what, year, what years was this that you transitioned into being a realtor? So I was part-time for two years and I went full-time the end of last year as well. Okay. Full-time. Yeah. Oh, so right. so I'm, I'm actually new as a full-time realtor. I'm a newer realtor as a full-time realtor. Now, when it comes to the actual investing side of things, what are you focusing on these days, Corey? Are you still doing the occasional flip? Are you doing rentals and keeping any of these properties? What are you focused on in real so estate investing? It's more on the goal side for me right now, because like we mentioned earlier, I had the divorce and the financial setback and stuff, yeah. and then a career change, that kind of thing. But what I've done best with personally and uh, over the years is I've owned quite a few properties. And what I do is I move in and I do a rental on I'm like, so that bungalow, that 59 bungalow, right. I did a full renovation on. I was there for a couple of years. And then I sold it and I took the capital and moved it into another one, Perfect. did another rental, made money. Yeah, so that's smart because number one, you're able to get the best financing on that because you're buying it with the least amount of down payment that you can get away with, right? 
because it's going to be your primary residence. Number two, it doesn't sound like you're too fussy. So if you're living in a place that's under renovation, you're the guy doing the renovations, but you got a shelter in, in your workspace and you can kind of go at your own pace at the same time and keep your overhead really, really low. Yeah, it's just material costs, right? And, and I've definitely gotten some big paychecks, you know, from doing it that way and then been able to move it into my next property. Yeah. Like looking back, I wish I would have been able to keep them, but my plan now, so right now I'm in a 73 bungalow that's pretty much renovated, but it has a separate entrance. And my plan is to put a suite in the basement and then I'll rent the top and bottom out. And then I'm going to start. The other part that was tricky too was as a self-employed person, you pay yourself dividends and you always pay yourself whatever you just need to survive, basically. Yeah. You're not paying, right? So, so you reduce your taxes. So then when I go to my mortgage broker, it's tough to qualify, right? Yeah. I understand and know a lot of these creative strategies from having people on my podcast and show. And I've done some wholesale deals, that kind of stuff too, but I'm looking for them. But I think what's on my radar or my desire right now is to start partnering with people to do flips. Because as a realtor, I work with people that are active flippers and I see the transformation. I know what they're doing. I I have the contacts to do it and I have yeah. the expertise to manage it. So I think that's probably where I'll go alongside of being a realtor is just start being more active on the flipping side, not live in them, just, you know, flip them and uh, and just put them back on the market. So private lending yeah. and stuff. Uh, you're in a perfect position to do that in perfect position to start raising some private capital to do that as well, Corey, with your, your experience, your track record, all these tickets that you got, all this, you know, oh, hands-on construction you. experience that you've got. No, you're in a beautiful position for that. It's a matter of, you know, just kind of positioning yourself properly. Now you got the podcast going. That's really smart. Tell me a little bit about that. What was your thought process behind starting and running your podcast? We talked a little bit off air that you've been going for about a year now. Is that correct? Yeah, I was started recording probably close to a year ago, but then didn't actually start releasing. I wanted to have my brother as an active podcaster. He's had one for over a decade. Nice. And so I kind of leaned on him and he said, make sure you have kind of a, you know, a decent number kind of sitting there pre-record it before you start releasing. So that's what I did. Yeah. So really start releasing in September. And I think with the real estate investing, it's something that I, you know, I've read some stuff on. I, you know, saw other people doing. I saw the my own personal experience where that, hey, I just got a two hundred thousand dollar check, you know, from selling a house that I can move into something else. That was the biggest checks I've ever seen that I didn't have to pay taxes on. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So that being now, in the single world, I don't think so. I'm trying to knock my ex, but she certainly is very risk averse. So even if we had a half a million in the bank account, she probably wouldn't have been said, oh, yeah, let's go buy three houses. Like she's very risk averse, right? So now that I'm, you know, you're a just, free agent. I'm a free agent. Yeah, I can take the risk. And I definitely, my personality, I make decisions. I can make decisions quickly and I can be very, you know, decisive. Sometimes I win, sometimes I don't, but that's just the way it goes. I accept that about myself, but I will make a decision. And based on the best information in front of me, I'm not going to, sit there and you know so what was the purpose of doing the podcast in the first place Corey? you you were a I realtor wanted, by that time what's kind of your thought process for having a podcast i think i wanted to give value to people i knew that calgary didn't have a real estate investing focused podcast right from my home inspection days i had worked with some flippers and stuff and saw what they were doing and stuff and i knew i like investors you know i don't have all the investing experience but i had the right experience that made me a bit unique in industry to mm -hmm. connect with investors. So for me, I guess the analogy I like to use for people is it's kind of like if you were looking to buy a car. So let's say you were going to buy a used car and you got a good friend who's an automotive mechanic, right? And he's going to go along with you. 
So you know, you're going to go look at some used cars and your friend, the automotive mechanics coming with you to go look at these properties. You're going to feel a lot more confident and comfortable looking at them, right? Because it's like, he knows, oh, that, you know, the ball joints are getting worn, all this stuff that you yeah. have no idea what to even do, right? And that's how I feel as a realtor. That's me with investors. I have the eye for the issues. I know where the money is. I've done the renos. I've done all that stuff. So I feel like that would be the good analogy. It's like I'm the automotive mechanic. Yeah. So basically the podcast has been a really good vehicle for you to connect with your ideal prospective realtor customers, which are Calgary focused real estate investors, interview them, get to know them, start that relationship. And then sometimes that can turn into business for your realtor business. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I knew smart. that's where I wanted to be. I saw what new home buyers were like. And it's kind of like the analogy I use for that one is it's like your first baby, right? Yeah. Most parents are very nervous, which is normal, very nervous. And they feel like the baby's very fragile. But if they have like three, four kids, the fourth one is almost like, hey, you're on your own. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. you got to figure this out because I don't have time to, you know, yeah. do all these other things. Right. So, and that's how I, I saw investors when I was doing home inspections, tell them all the issues. And they're like, oh, I'm taking that wall down anyway. This is going to, you know, get changed. And Very little no, emotion involved there. It's just, it's a business transaction. And a lot of them know their stuff. They're not the nervous new buyer that is scared of a squeaking floor kind of thing, right? So yeah. that's my type of people that can make decisions. I think that's really smart, Matt. Congratulations for dialing that in, creating a unique kind of niche for yourself. So tell us a little bit about the podcast, because I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this that are interested in the Calgary market. I mean, the moment that we're recording this, Alberta is a a hot market for real estate investors from across the country because of price point, because of landlord tenancy rules being a lot more in the favor of the landlord than they are in many other provinces. I'm in BC, so I can speak from experience. People in Ontario, it's even worse. So tell us a little bit about Calgary Focus Podcast. Try to have people on that do different real estate investing strategies. So I've also interviewed someone in like in Red Deer, Edmonton, yeah. Medicine Hat, Lethbridge. So Try to pick up on other investors that are in other markets in Alberta and see what some of the differences are, right? Because even in Alberta, each municipality has a different take on how to legalize the suite, what's required. So that was the information. And then what's going to be a good cash flowing property uh, kind of stuff? What's your benchmark pricing? And what's the what are investors doing in those markets? So I try to get as much knowledge out there as I can and interview different people and then different strategies. Some of them, like I had a guy on that was on mortgage notes that I interviewed and he's from Calgary. And it was an area I didn't even realize existed until he reached yeah. out and I had to prep for the interview. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even actually know this. People made money this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. You learn so much when you're podcasting. So people want to connect with you, find out more about what you're up to, Corey. What should they do? So I'm on Instagram. Unfortunately, you know, there's times it's like I go through times where I post a bit more frequently. Other times I'm just maybe I'm too busy and I'm not posting. But so I have a website. It's just CoreyPeckford.com. So www.CoreyPeckford.com. They can reach myself, 587-893-2272. And I'm also on Instagram. But yeah, just quick Google search and you're certainly going to find me just all my information. Very good. And if people want to listen to your podcast, where should they go? For that, it's just any platform. It's just Calgary Real Estate Investing Podcast. So yeah, you can find it. If you just search it on Google, it'll show you the different uh, you know streaming. The name kind of says it all. <laughs> awesome, my friend. Well, it's been great interviewing you on my podcast. And you're a busy guy. I mean, all these different things that you've done, that is outstanding. And I think you're really, really well poised to start doing more flips as well and seeing some of those big uh, paychecks. Hey, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody, take care. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. 
Hey, thanks again for listening to the Calgary Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peckford. I'm an investment-focused real estate agent in Calgary, Alberta. I'm also an entrepreneur, Red Seal electrician, and I hold a Master Home Inspection Certification. If you're thinking about investing in the Calgary area, please reach out and let me put my real estate expertise to work for you. I can be reached at 587-893-2272. Follow me on Instagram at Peckford Corey, or my website is coreypeckford.com. Plus, we have a Facebook group. It's Calgary Real Estate Investing Group, so Craig for short. Please follow that. If you're getting great value from this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.